What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Game Dev Unchained, the number one development podcast about game development and the lifestyle thereof. I am your host, Brandon Pham, and this is a special episode, a roundtable news episode, and I am bringing the uh, unofficial second host, <laughs> Ray Graham. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. What's up, Brandon? All right. So uh, a regular on, on this segment of the show, and also... Jason Lee, a return <laughs> from previous episodes earlier this year. How are you doing, Jason? Um, pretty good. Excited to be back. Awesome. Well, well, thank you for spending the time. Uh, it's late in the night, but uh, as always, we work from home, so it doesn't matter anymore, uh, including weekends. <laughs> so uh, I want to thank you both for coming on. And uh, for those who are seeing the title of this episode... <laughs> Uh, we are going to fully discuss about should the industry go forward or not, right? and we'll go off tangent here and there. But uh, I would love to kind of start this discussion because I think it is one of those, this is the year, if anything, that we're going to either start crawling out of this uh, pandemic or, or slowly seeing what is the next stage for game developers out there. Um, and I would love to kind of hear both of your guys' own personal experience so far within your companies, uh, within your network, and any thoughts whatsoever. So let's go ahead and uh, I'll throw it over to Ray first to kind of get this party started. So you're kind of more used to this, I think, um, even before we were forcedly gone, going to remote, right? Ray, can you kind of talk about your experience before, during, and what you think will be happening as we transition? Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Before a little bit, because I would have, um, I'd either be traveling a lot or, or I would, um, have like early morning meetings. So I would have to like, you know, take, take the meetings from home or work from home one day a week or a couple days a week. And so that was, um, that was kind of, a it wasn't that big of a deal to not be working, um, in the office all the time. Uh, but I, I'll say that now, like now that we're doing it 24 seven, it's definitely, um, it's like, we're making it happen and work is getting done and, and people are remaining, uh, productive, but with all the other pressures of, of what's going on in the world with COVID and everything else that's going on, it really makes working at home even harder for folks. It's definitely a mental health strain. And so it's more than just can, um, can you work from home and do remote work? Like, Right now, everybody's doing it pretty much on hard mode at this point, right? And so it's like even harder to to uh, to get stuff done, or even or even get the energy to get out of bed to to work from home at at this time, right? Uh, but you know, we're just making it happen, and, and things are remarkably remarkably happening. But still, it's it's uh, it's taking a lot of effort for sure. So Jason, I'm going to throw this question over to you. So we 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 kind of went over this uh, a few episodes ago when we were talking to each other, but I would love to kind of get more insight on on that side as well because um, to kind of go off of what Ray is talking about, everyone's doing this on hard mode right now. So I would think that once things get easier and people can actually enjoy themselves outside of the home, that it'll be more welcomed. Uh, would you kind of give your little insight of what's happening on, on your side? 
Yeah, so um, Pixelmatic Studio is based out in Shanghai, um, but a majority of our senior staff are sort of distributed all around the world from like France, Vancouver, um, uh, you know, in um, in uh, Alberta, like um, in some places in the States. So they're really just sort of spread out. So we've been really working remote uh, much before um, being working remote uh, was common with all these game studios. Um, but I have to say um, working remote was a lot more enjoyable before the whole COVID crisis because um, you know, you were able, I was able to sort of integrate more of that sort of uh, go out, go for a quick run and then come home and then, you know, focus on my work. Um, also, uh, the kids are back in school now, but, um, you know, for a while they were uh, sort of staying at home. Uh, schools were closed. So it was also like I have a daughter. So it was also very uh, difficult for me to focus on my work, <laughs> you know, when she's running around the house uh, making all this noise. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in that respect, you know, there was a lot of adjustments that needed to be made. But um I think uh, for us, uh, we've just, uh, you know, aside from that, just working remote overall, I think like, I think it, it just works for us as a studio. Um, we've had to make some adjustments in how we communicate each other with each other a lot better. I think that was, that was one of the biggest challenges. Um, our producers really had to step it up uh, to make sure, you know, work and communication and vision and all that. It sort of uh, communicated across all different disciplines, like clearly what they were supposed to do, why we were doing it, uh, and make sure that flew uh, sort of flowed properly. But um, you know that that was one of the biggest issues. But other than that, like once we got that resolved, just through sure, sort of uh, creating better processes, um, yeah, working remote. Um, yeah, aside from not being able to go out for runs and stuff, uh, you know, uh, has been pretty good um, for us. Yeah, I think I kind of sign off on that. Um, you know, I was working remote a little before the pandemic and my kids are still at home all the time bothering me. <laughs> so uh, it is an extra challenge I think parents are, are facing. Uh, I do want to bring up the fact that I believe mid last year, uh, the I, I think the most uh, the biggest company that had an issue with remote was Netflix, where they kind of straight up and said, this is undoable that we <laughs> as soon as we can get back in the office. And to me, that was the Silicon Valley that was the most relaxed before mm-hmm. with vacation forever policies. So it was very surprising to kind of hear their take on it, saying that this is unworkable. And I, I wonder how many companies where it's not popular to say that. Um, are, are kind of holding back right now. And I would love to kind of hear your thoughts. Uh, we'll go with you first, Jason. Like, what, 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 are your, what are those worries that you think or insights that you feel that that might be an issue where not a lot of companies are all, all in and, and, and really looking forward to going back in the office? So um, one of the challenges we had early on was to communicate passion and uh, sort of vision um, it's a lot easier to do that, uh, well, communicating energy to your team, how excited you are, you know, like what it is you're building in, in a very short period of time when you're sort of all grouped together in a meeting room, right? Um, trying to uh, verbalize um, vision and creativity is one of the hardest things to do <laughs> and, and make, make, trying to make sure that's communicated properly to somebody else, right? So. Um, we had to create different vision, different processes to do that. Um, 
properly. And I would say that if you're not used to working remote, um, that is probably going to be the one of the biggest challenges. It's going to feel like you're running up against a wall because, um, you know, people that are supposed to take your cue and, uh, you know, produce work from it are probably going to have a very difficult time. Yeah, definitely. And Ray, I would want to ask the same kind of question, you know, you becoming the programmer. I mean, Jason is like always the designer and they always have to talk all the time. Do programmers, is it a lot more straightforward? Here's my code, leave me alone. I mean, what, what kind of problems are you seeing being, you know, being manager of global teams um, and, and, uh, and issues with that? I would, I would usually say, uh, I'm just going to refute your first comment. <laughs> yeah. And say that programmers actually do talk to each other. Oh, oh, oh I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> and especially when your team is is global or cross functional, um, talking yeah. across teams becomes like super important. Um, and so and so yeah, so communication is definitely a thing that has to still be tight, even in even for engineers, Mister Mister Fam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I thought you guys uh, just writing code all the time. All right. No, but uh, but yeah, no. So this, so that's still that's still a thing that we that we have to that we have to worry about and, and deal with, especially in my position where yeah, I'm dealing with multiple teams across multiple time zones. It's uh, communication is something that uh, is is very is very important, and and these days it's it's very hard. Um, the one thing that I didn't think I would be missing is like yeah, what uh, Jason was kind of alluding to before, uh, being able to convey passion and, and to say, and it's, it's a lot easier to convey your emotions and stuff when you're in person, seeing each other in a meeting room, talking all together. Um, and then over zoom, something's just lost. And then on top of everything else that's going on, it's even harder to keep that energy up. Uh, I would say. And so it's, and so it's like, I'm, I'm experiencing those same kind of issues right now. So like a lot of these issues are, do you think it's just over time, uh, you guys feel over time, it's going to find solutions through practice, through better programs, through through better Slack (laughs) upgrades or whatever, right? Uh, Or is it just one of those things that, at least for me, like I'm, I'm finding the same thing. It's like usually something that would be easily explained by turning around in my chair and talking to a person. I would have to over explain like five times as much just to make sure that there isn't any miscommunication. Um, is this something that can be resolved over time or is just something that has, it's just, just communication online is that's just got, you got over communicate to kind of compensate for, for things. So Jason, I'll ask you first. Yeah. I, I mean, for us, I, I, what I, what we real, what we decided or what I decided to try and do, and that it seems to work or at least ha- have been working so far was to uh, approach every sort of sprint or scrum meetings in the same way as if I was there in person with the same level of energy. Right. And I have to like consciously push myself to do that. Right? Like be the cheerleader because they're looking at me, right. They're looking at me uh, and they're believing in my vision uh, that what we're making is great. So I have to make sure every time I'm there to sort of talk about my vision, I'm there to excite them. Right. And, and I have to make that extra effort to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, I, that those are those simple things like that. I think uh, were things that uh, we had to change. Also some 
production processes. I think we we also have to change in, in the way we uh, break apart vision and um, in, in ways that we sort of visualize. Like people, like again, like um, communicating vision through words is one of the hardest, hardest, hardest things to do in the world. Where you know you're, you people understand exactly what you want to create, what's in your mind, right? So you know, you have to do other things where, you know, you, you like do concept art. And I mean, when you when I'm communicating with programmers, to be honest, that's a lot easier because I, I find that engineers just, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's either like you, there, there's a specific answer to things, right? Whereas when I'm trying to communicate with artists, it's a lot harder um, because... <laughs> How do you feel about it? Though? Yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly, right? Um, you're... Yeah, it, it's about tone. There's tone and feel, but then there's also how they perceive what you're trying to say. It might be different than what you're thinking, right? So, it, you know, taking that into account and taking the time to do, take more time to sort of plan out and make sure they understand what you're trying to do. Um, you have to spend more time in that process before uh, sort of uh, you get into, okay, let's, let's just break apart and do the work. Uh, it's not so, I don't think that sort of, it, it, you can't do approach it in the same process as you do in the office space, right? You just you really need to take the time to make sure everybody understands how to approach things. So th- this question goes back to you, Ray, like uh, being the tech guy who is seemingly uh, easier to talk to, I guess, online than I am. (laughs) I don't know how true that is, but I'll take Jason's word for it. Uh, There there are obviously some challenges as well, right? Um, I mean, being a manager, you're you're constantly were before making sure to that, that everyone's on the same page, right? Now you're just constantly more in meetings. Uh, And then is there an adverse effect to that? Just being always, in meetings, <laughs> communicating, uh, have you found a balance? What has worked and what hasn't worked? I mean, I'm sure there was some uh, kind of trial and error at, at first, right? Yeah, I, I guess. And I think the main, my main thing that we've had to deal with, or I've had to change is every communication, every follow-up is a meeting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, like some conversations that would just happen organically when you're in the office now, it's like, oh no, I have to book time. Yeah. To talk to that person about this thing. Right. Because now I will not, I have no chance of seeing them. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have no chance of seeing what they're doing or, or uh, I can't just drop in at their desk. Right. So, so now it's, it's serious meeting fatigue because of all of these meetings I have to get booked to follow up on things and, and know when something's happening. Um, so that's the one thing that I've, I've definitely uh, had to have changed and also making it, making the con- conscious effort to do that because again, it's, it's not an organic thing where you just see a person be able to talk to them and see how they're doing. Uh, you actually have to go out of your way and, and really say, Hey, no, I need to spend time with each individual person and see how, see how they're doing and see, see where things are going. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'll leave this on you, Ray, uh, before turning this over to Jason. So being at home all the time, there's a whole, as managers, mental component, mentor, mental morality, uh, not morality, but um, just keeping morale, what do you call it? Just morale, office morale up as a manager now that everyone's like locked in the homes and of course that affects work. So therefore it affects you as a manager to manage that person. Are you guys finding in situations where you kind of have to be like 
checking in more than often, <laughs> doing more than you were you were, uh, signed up to do before as kind of like part-time therapist to make sure that everything at home is good? Or is it just one of those things that we're just learning as it, we're going? Because as you guys can imagine, people are kind of like stressed out uh, aside from work to do work. I uh, would love to kind of hear your thoughts about that, Ray. So I think as a manager, you have to do that regardless. Yeah. Right. And now in this situation, you have to be extra mindful of it. Right. Um, so it's not like something that, so it's not like something new I'm doing or you know, I always care about the well-being of the team and the mental health and all that and how everything's going. But when you know that there's pressures are ratcheted up at this point now, uh, you just have to be extra diligent with, with following up on that and make sure that, that folks are in the right mindset. Yeah. I'll ask more specifically because some, some contractors, some employees, uh, our parents, and then like Jason and I, we kind of suffered through the, <laughs> that, that, uh, variable, I, I would say. So what, what kind of breaks are we giving, uh, to parents, even though we have deadlines, uh, Obviously, there are adjustments there, I'm assuming, for scheduling to accommodate for that. But um, how do you see that being a long-term thing uh, where this could be a long-term thing uh, with parents stuck with kids for a long time um, and still having to hit the same deadlines as others? Is that for me? Yeah, I'll throw it back to Jason real quick, yeah. and then I'll I'll let Ray kind of sit on that <laughs> answer. Answer. Yeah, right um, I mean, for us, uh, we don't uh, like the what's that drive due dates. It's more of uh, the person working on what they need to do. Um, uh, you know, gives us the the amount of time it's going to take that person to do what they need to do, right? Uh, for the work. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it, it's deep. It's different depending on everybody. Uh, I mean, um, working at home. I mean, personally, I I I actually do more work. I found um, mm-hmm. in that respect that when I work from home and I get more stuff done uh, than when I was in the office. Maybe due to the fact that. Um, you know, there's less travel time. I, I think I spent about two hours just traveling back and forth from work all the time. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't have to worry about that. Um, I, I don't have to worry about what I'm going to wear. <laughs> yeah. You know that too. Um, just a good shirt from now on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and also it's like, I can take, uh, you know, mini breaks here and there at any time, um, you know, and then I can work throughout the night if I, like, I, it just, you know, I just find that I work not because unlike when I was working in an office where, you know, okay, well, it's time to go to work and it's every, okay, it's time to go home um, to fill in those hours. I, I just work because um, I'm at home and in some ways, maybe it's not too good <laughs> mm-hmm. because I spent too much time working because of that. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think that's a problem with us and I don't, uh, I haven't heard that's a problem with anybody in our studio. And plus they sign up for their own work. Uh, yeah. we, we never really pressure them in um, trying to make sure they get it done by like, you need to get this done by the state. We get them to own up basically. How long is it going to take you to do it? Okay. You know, then you own it. Right. Yeah. 
So I think before I throw this back to Ray, I would like to ask just as a general feel of the industry as um, you know, there's there are more people. There are certain people that can do more work just but based on their lifestyle, if they're single and they can do it and they have all the time in the world versus parents or especially in this time. I wonder if that ever will play a big factor as this extends in the hiring process and as managers is like, does that play doesn't have to be your opinion or one that reflects your company or anything? I just want to see realistically, does that affect us as game developers? Um, if, if I know for a fact that non-parents may have more ability to kind of take care of things, if I have like this tight three to six month deadline to hit, um, is the that's, question I'm kind of getting at. Yeah. That's illegal, Brandon. I know it's illegal, but <laughs> there's other ways, again, I'm not asking for what you guys do for your personal company, but <laughs> I'm just saying it is a no, thought. It's a lot. No, it's, yeah. it's flat out illegal. It's, <laughs> it's, like, like there's no, like there's no thinking about that. Right? Okay. Like, you know, that, that's just <laughs> not right, not moral and also illegal. <laughs> so, well, I hope everyone is legally going about it right. But it is one of those things that I do hear, uh, uh, at least through friends that are not through our own industry where their peers are able to kind of get the work done and then they are kind of like struggling behind because they are parents so at least as parents i I am hearing from parents working through the pandemic that's not necessarily in the game industry but Mm -hmm. i feel like it is a mark against them you know uh for reasons that are not thrown no well like yeah like right now if your kids are home you're gonna get less done if you're a parent yeah right um and at least how we approach that is when the, when the COVID started and folks were expecting things to be done on a certain deadline, the answer was like, well, that thing may not be shipped at this date because so-and-so has kids at home and that's, that's going to impact the amount of output that they can do. Yeah. Right. Like, is this something that you have to take into account when, when do the estimates for time? And so then you cut scope, you, you do, you do less, in the time that you have, because you understand that folks are in these uh, precarious uh, positions, right? Um, and then there's all the people that have no kids at home at all, or not married, or are single. Yeah, yeah, they could do a lot of work, but after 12 months of being in your house alone, uh, that also has a mental toll on people, and those folks would also get less work done too, if if their mental health is being affected, right? So. Um, so I think it's affecting everybody like across the board. I think people are working more like what Jason was saying. I'm working more because like I don't have to commute as well. It is absolutely terrible that people are working more. But <laughs> but then also because of all of this, people are also being less productive due to all the other extra pressures. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of unless Jason, you have something to add to that. Oh, um, I mean, I, I do. I remember some of my friends um, with, you know, not working remote uh, when they were working in the office um, that uh, they intentionally stayed late. So they actually worked harder because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they didn't want to go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is an escape. I would say that <laughs> because uh, before I went full remote, right, before the pandemic, it is nice to kind of have that break or at least physically have a separation from work from home. Um, uh, just like most people during the pandemic, you know, I, I 
build a gym in my garage, right? Mm -hmm. Because the gyms are all closed. And I find it very (laughs) funny that immediately if my wife has an errand, she can just walk into the gym and tell me. Whereas when I was at the gym, it would be like, I'll be back in an hour. (laughs) So that those little instances I see is piling up where overall, you know, super happy that I have this opportunity. But yeah, there are those little things. There's like, especially as a family, man, you do appreciate those isolation moments where you you are yourself to concentrate on something um, that I think it is a byproduct of, yeah, this is great, but uh, there was some great moments in the office too, just being focused. <laughs> I don't know, Ray, if you can relate. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you like office time, right? <laughs> I, I don't actually. I like, like it, that part of it, I'm not missing the office at all. Okay. You know, like yeah. I, I miss seeing people and, and talking to people that I work yeah. with, but uh, exactly. but I I don't miss. I'm not like at the office escape home, right? <laughs> yeah. in, my, in my case, right? yeah, yeah. You like home. I think we all are forced to like home as well. Um, I think also uh, I would love to kind of touch a point. One of the biggest concerns in game development, I, uh, I felt like there was a huge resistance. Uh, especially from bigger companies, you know, outside of Ray and his company, there was very few companies that were open to people just like, yeah, just stay home, do the work. I'll see you later. Um, More, more companies were against that for the fact that for some reason, there's a negative connotation with game developers being lazy for some reason. Right. But I think it's way opposite of the fact, like you said, Jason, I think most game developers who are professional or are senior uh, who likes getting their work done and I'm proud of it, are getting their work done and actually uh, are spending more time at home focusing on work. Uh, I wonder if any of that remnants, uh, if, if that have been completely squashed and how you guys feel about if there are certain companies that are uh, wanting to get back to the office as much as possible. Um, I would love to kind of explore that conversation with you guys. Uh, Ray, since you're on, why don't you go first? Yeah. I would, no, I'll just say my, in my experience is not the laziness connotation that is the issue, right? Most, most game companies, there's two issues. I think one of them is, is uh, security, yeah. right? So a lot of the bigger game companies are super paranoid about security and the security of their assets and the IP. And then the, you know, I'll, I won't name any names, Ubisoft, but like, you know, there's there's others that are, are even more paranoid about that stuff, right? And then the other part of it is like folks just think, you know, making a video game is a creative endeavor and being able to bounce ideas off people real time that are sitting right next to you is, it is better than than uh, doing it remotely. And so, some, so for those two reasons, I think are the major reasons why folks don't want to embrace working from home 24 seven, like game companies. Right. Yeah. Uh, How about you, Jason? What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with Ray. Um, I mean, um, you know, I, I think the best world is sort of where, um, you know, you can sort of mix the two um, where, you know, that there are so in, in those sort of moments when you need to sort of, pass around vision, pass around energy, like once a week or something, you know, you arrange something where you guys all get together and sort of have that conversation. Um, but at the same time, I think working remote is extremely valuable in, in times like 
Um, you know, when you just need to sit down and get your shit done, you don't want people to bother you, right? Um, for myself, it's like when I need to get creative, you know, I found it really extremely hard to do it in the office when I have people walking all around me, right? Um, I just needed to sort of isolate myself in an area where just like quiet, um, even like running outside for like an hour. Um, I found that was way more helpful, you know, in sort of, um, pumping out my creative juices than sitting in an office, um, just staring at the screen, maybe, you know, browsing through YouTube. Right. Mm -hmm, (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, I see advantages of both sides. Um, I think going forward, um, from what I've heard uh, from uh, some studios, at least in Vancouver, that uh, working remote is going to be more of a regular thing. Um, they're probably going. They're not probably. Go, they're probably not going to sort of say, um, you know, everybody just works fully remote like we do, but uh, more arranged with things where you know you have to come into the office maybe you know twice a week, but. You know, beyond that, you guys can work remote. And then other people that actually works off on the island, they live on an island or something like that. They're allowed to probably work remote for like two, three weeks, but have to come in uh, for a couple couple times a month. Hey guys, let's take a break and have a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by App Figures. App Figures is all about giving game makers the tools they need to get more downloads and revenue. You may already know them for analytics and app store optimization now. App figures can help you track competitors from how many downloads they're getting and how much money they're making to their audience demographics and even which SDKs they use. Their competitor intelligence gives you great context, say a competitor as a new feature or was mentioned in the news. With app figures, you can see if that brought in more downloads. Got a great idea for an app or a game? With app figures, you can figure out how big the market is and how much money you could be making with it. And that's just scratching the surface. Whether you're growing your app or building a new one, app figures has the tools you need to reduce risk and get more downloads. You don't need a large budget or a data science degree to do this kind of stuff anymore. App Figures has made it affordable and simple. On top of tools, App Figures also provides a lot of guides and tutorials to take you step by step through gaining more visibility with ASO and increasing your revenue by learning from your competitors. They just released a free guide on that, actually. So head over to appfigures.com, A P P F I G U R E S dot com forward slash on on forward slash game dev unchained to try app figures for free if you like it then use our special code gdu3030 to get 30 percent off for the next three months you're welcome yes yeah, so let's like explore a couple of those so first of all the the the, the collaboration is key i i think it is still irreplaceable uh regardless of the zooms and all these whiteboard, digital whiteboard, it just, just doesn't feel the same um, yet. So I, I do think there is some relevance to having some kind of location for a lot of teams to kind of meet at if they need to. Uh, I I also do agree that, you know, most, most companies are going to do hybrid where they require some days of the week. Um, and I really do feel not all is going to do fully remote. That. I think that will be still proven difficult the the ip protection thing i would love to kind of dig into that more with you guys so a lot of the big companies are of course folding right now otherwise they can't get things done obviously they have hundreds of employees that have their own uh, uh solutions uh companies have solutions like sending in desktops going through vpn uh, setting up all these like cloud computers 
you know, these are solutions that are really born out of this pandemic that are, if anything, uh, being accelerated uh, to, to kind of make it work, uh, which is great, right? Because I think it, once that system's up, uh, they're going to keep utilizing it and not completely scrap it once the pandemic is over. So for that alone, that kind of feels like it's going to open up a lot of global talent. And I would love to kind of hear you guys more about that. So, um, you know, I think before the pandemic, the industry was moving, a lot of companies were moving towards more contract work uh, and then full-time for like a very core group, right? And I think that's kind of still continuing. So I wonder how much this opens up uh, in terms of balancing the two. Are are companies going to be, uh, of course, you're going to hire more people that don't have to relocate, but are they more going into getting more contract freelancing work, just giving more people opportunity without having to fully embrace them into health benefits and all this stuff? I would love to kind of hear you guys' thoughts about that because that was a big, I wouldn't say issue, but that was a direction that we were going in in, in the game industry before. I want to see how that is that changing, exploding. Uh, now and, and 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 later uh why don't you go first jason um for us um so we hire a lot of contract workers um but uh you know going forward what we realize is um you know budget wise it's a lot more efficient if we sort of uh start to train them up and um uh, sort of uh, bring them in house. Um, so um, we have started to hire people for more sort of permanent positions where we can train them and, mm-hmm. and sort of grow them within the studio uh, in Shanghai. Um, but still, like a majority of our uh, art and our sort of trailer work and stuff like that is sort of outsourced. Um, uh, so yeah, it's not done internally. Um, as for uh, the security part, um, for us, it's not a big issue uh, because we're not we're not Ubisoft. We're not like really well known. Um, uh, we, I mean, it's fine if people know what we're doing. It's it's advertising for us. <laughs> yeah. uh, so um, you know, even now, like our game is like just before at, at the bring, you know, at the, um, we're just about to go alpha in like a month and we, we've already been talking about our game and what it is and what players are going to experience and all that. We don't hide anything. Right. Uh, because it's no, there's no point in us when we're not, we're not like, um, you know, uh, world of Warcraft where we need to like keep the secrets for a grand reveal. Right. Uh, it's just, we don't have anybody to reveal to right now. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we just need to get people excited and want to come in and try out our game. Right. So, um, uh, yeah, that, that's not a big issue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Ray? Yeah. I hope, I hope we're not moving towards, um, more contracting, you know, I think the game industry is already volatile career enough. And so um, you take this moment to say, hey, because you work remote, we shouldn't have you as a full-time employee. I, I don't know if I, I'm not too happy if that is, if that is the future, basically, I should say. Yeah. Well, I would love to kind of hear more uh, on that point, because like now globally companies have the pick of the crop. If, my, if the borders are, are not an issue mm-hmm. anymore, 
right? Sure. Um, you can hire anyone from anywhere. And now they've, you know, have that chance to work with you without having to relocate to the United States or Canada or wherever, right? Where most of the jobs mm-hmm. are. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like they are going to be leaning more to why not? Like, uh, and unless it's like what Jason said, it's like they, the company sees an investment in that person. It's cheaper to, tr- to train that person up. I, I feel like in most cases that is the case than to kind of reteach someone something yeah. that someone else left. But I would love to kind of hear you guys thoughts about that because I think it is one of those issues that will be cropping up now that there are no borders. Uh, now in the future, right? Yeah, but this is like what you just said, right? Like, just the fact that somebody's in a different country working for you doesn't mean like, oh, they're not a full-time employee, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's probably more more legal stuff and business stuff you got to set up, entities in all these different locations, right? So that like, there's a there's a cost to that. Uh, but like you said, like pulling somebody in and, and uh, bringing them in, training them up, giving them a career path, is way more favorable than just random disposable bodies. Right. Um, so like, so I don't think like with this, with this move uh, remote, then it's all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah, everybody's a contractor now. Like I don't, I don't see the straight line between those two things. Okay. Yeah. Uh, unless Jason, you have something to add to that. Um, I think uh, also working remote uh, is somewhat limited in terms of like um, area. Like for us, like all our designers are in Vancouver uh, for specifically for communication reasons. And, uh, you know, we need to be on the time, same time zone because we need mm-hmm. to communicate often. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, I think there's that to consider because like, uh, you know, some of our staff that's in France, um, you know, we, I find it really hard to find the right time <laughs> for us to be able to have meetings together. Uh, the, the time zone is a killer, right? So, yeah. yeah. And I think that's actually, that's a good point. That's killing, but that's, that's an issue for me too, right? Cause I have teams, I have teams in the West coast, I have teams in Montreal, UK, and in Korea, right? And so getting uh, everybody together um, is really difficult um, and impossible. Like somebody's going to lose out really badly, like no matter how, whichever configuration you want to do, if you want everybody to be able to get together. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it's, a real, it's a real struggle and it's much easier to do this communication and meetings when, when folks are in the same time zone, like for sure. Yeah. 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 We'll love to kind of ask more about that. The time zone thing is a real issue. Um, it's one of the reasons I think original reasons why everybody wanted to get everybody in one office to better communication. And then slowly where, you know, before the pandemic, you know, people were spreading out and now completely, you know, we, we have friends that are still in the United States time zone where they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm just going to be in big bear uh, for the next six months. It <laughs> just hit me up then. So that's fine. But uh, it does open up that 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 time zone thing being a problem. Uh, how how are your teams kind of circumventing around that? Where, like you said, it, it is kind of impossible. Is like, dude, I don't wake up at twelve a.m. I can't meet with you. It's everything has to be through email, uh, or someone has to sacrifice. Like, is what or, what type of solutions are around that? Or you do meetings in batches, right? Uh, like, like more you, meetings. You t- 
yeah, typical yeah. manager asking you for know, more meetings. Okay, okay, right. Well, I'm not asking <laughs> for them. Trust me, I'm not asking for them. But like, if you have to talk to folks, you got to talk to folks, right? So my, my days are usually, you know, 7 a.m. meetings yeah, and also 5 p.m. meetings. You know what I mean? Right? Like, that's 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 my day, right? So, um, and you just have to, you have to make it work because, you know, the time. And, and that's that's been the state like even before coronavirus that that has been the state if i'm in the office in san francisco i still got to talk to the folks that are in korea right so that's still an issue but but to make sure that everybody's on the same page it's easy just to fly everybody to one location and do some sort of off-site right yeah Um, but with with coronavirus it's it's uh it's that's just not that part of it's not happening right so so you have to work extra hard at like the team cohesion and the team communication so for you and your team, you do see after this is over the flying back to one location to kind of sync up once in a while yeah, sure. happening like, again. So that'll be the hybrid. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely huge advantages to doing that. You know what I mean? Like like you know, we did that thing Unity does that for um we have a hack week where everybody gets together and and works on stuff in one big room in in, in uh, Copenhagen for like a week. Right. And there's huge advantages um, to doing that, to get to know people, get the bond with folks and, and work on interesting things. Um, so I look forward to going back to at least being able to do that on the odd occasion. Yeah. So you, you do want to be back in the office then. All right. <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> Just a little. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. You know, that's the thing, too, when people talk about like remote work. Right. Um, yeah. Having the ability to uh your office is now just a bunch of meeting rooms. Yeah. You know, and then folks could be remote and then like, Oh, I need to talk to Joe blow about X, Y, and Z. Let's all get together at the office and and talk together. Like you have the opportunity, you have the, the flexibility to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, cause I, yeah. Cause I don't think we're, even though we're going to go towards more towards remote work, I don't think it's going to be a hundred percent. Like you'd ever see your teammates ever again. Cause I, I don't think it's that works. Right. Yeah. Definitely hard. Well, Jason, I would love to kind of hear your thoughts about it. Uh, you know, you've always had like a like a you know a team over in, in Shanghai that you're always constantly communicating. Has that? What ways have that changed with the pandemic? Has that changed? I imagine you know you had the kind of like a similar thing where your teams would fly to a, a location once in a while to sync up, or has oh, it always been? Oh, yeah, just like, okay. like we had a lot of our Vancouver team go over to Shanghai, um, uh, let's say early before like November or, or maybe earlier than that, October, November in that, uh, before the whole, uh, coronavirus stuff. And then we visited, uh, the Shanghai team. We stayed there for like a week. Um, and, uh, for that, it was mostly a lot of the team here never got to meet the team there. So it was more of meeting a, a yeah, meeting, get to know who, who you've been talking to on Slack or, you know, on zoom, um, you know, that, that deal. Um, yeah, but in the same way, like I have meetings from, you know, nine 30 in the morning, uh, to like eight 30 at night, um, Ooh. Because Shanghai, they work with, you know, they, when they get into the office, it's like, it's 6 PM here. So, yeah. um, yeah. So like I have meetings all day long. Um, 
it, it just goes with, uh, you know, if you're going to have an international team, it's just part of <laughs> part of that process. Right. But yeah, like, I mean, originally what we were planning before this whole COVID thing broke out was that, you know, I would go visit Shanghai like two, three times a year. Right. Um, just to make sure everything's in sync and everybody, you know, like we have that sort of face to face a bit. But yeah, we just haven't been able to do that since the whole COVID thing. I see. So you know, that, yeah, I'll just add to about the like you know, I meet with my Korean team at five, like five PM usually most mm-hmm. days. And and they like I think that's a reasonable hour, but they they still are like, Oh man, this is kinda early. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Someone's always complaining. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but yeah, yeah. I, I feel that pain. <laughs> so uh, uh, a little thing that, you know, Ray kind of mentioned, we all know, right, the, 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 the industry is has always been volatile. And, um, you know, at least in my career, I know you guys to have moved around for a job, right? Maybe more than once, more than twice, more than three times. And I'm asking this question from uh, for a perspective from an employer and employee and manager, right? Now that the borders are down. Now that people can 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 have the freedom of like, I don't like where I'm at, see ya, and then open up another Zoom meeting, right? <laughs> and it's like, I'm at my new job now. <laughs> uh, what I want, I just want to kind of explore that with you guys. Like, is too much? Like, is there, is, no, is now it's so flipped now that being a manager, uh, being an owner of a company, is it a real concern? Is there... Do we have to overly make our employees comfortable to make sure that now that they have so many choices that there are they are valuable? I, I wonder what that dynamic looks like right now, since everybody can, at least for a little while, at least for a little bit of this year, can switch jobs at a at a notice, um, or is it just fine? Let me go. <laughs> let me let me hear your thoughts, uh, Ray. Why don't you go first? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think there's some for us. Like, yeah, like I haven't, I haven't really thought too much about this. Um, like, I know in the beginning, a lot of folks were like, "Oh, I could just go to the Bahamas or somewhere and just chill there and work for there for like yeah. a couple a couple months, right?" Um, and like, as long as you don't tell anybody you're doing that, I think I. You know, yeah, just get a green screen. <laughs> you, can, you can actually get away with that, right? If you if you don't uh, tell anybody, uh, but if you do tell anybody, then there's all sorts of like um, tax, pay, yeah, you know, organizational stuff that that have to get set up in the location where you're at. So, um, so that then it becomes like a real problem. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean. So, and especially if you're like, hey, I want to go somewhere where your company doesn't have an entity set up or like, are they really going to go through all that trouble just for you so you can be on the beach? Like, I, I don't think so. Right? Yeah. So, um, but I'm also asking before I throw it back to Jason about like yeah. the, the reality of, is there a problem with too much choice? You know, if I, if seriously, I'm not happy with you, Ray, mm-hmm. I can switch up <laughs> to another job next week uh, without I mean, really changing my lifestyle anymore. Is that, I mean, is that a real concern or not at all? No, I think that's always the case, though. Like, like at least in the places where there's game companies, right? Like, if you're talking about the Bay Area, 
there is choice. Like folks can say, screw you, I ought to go to this other game company. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe if folks are in a little bit more um, a, a location with there's only one game studio or a few game studios, then maybe there's a, more of a, a concern for the for those places. Because uh, like, hey, I could just work from, I could work from Thunder Bay, Ontario and like, mm-hmm. And make video games anywhere, right? If if um, if remote work becomes part common, um, but like, but yeah, I haven't really thought about that or, or too too concerned about it. Being in the Bay Area, you know, like yeah, engineers, quit, yeah, yeah, people can just quit <laughs> at the drop of a dime, and they're getting <laughs> yeah. hit up. They're getting hit up with jobs like every single day. So like, um, I don't think this is gonna make matters worse or anything like that. Well, I'd love to hear your thought, Jason. Um, it being a buyer's market, sorted, right? Is it a what, what do you think? Is this a thing to to think about, or is it just one of those? Okay, I don't think so. In the, especially not in the gaming industry. Uh, I think, like um, from my experience, people choose the gaming industry that, that that they apply to because they like the games that they make. Um, yeah. Or that that's my experience from interviews and stuff, right? Um, especially like engineers and stuff, like they can get paid much better going to Google. Um, they don't they shouldn't have to go, you know, go work at a game studio. Like a lot of the engineers that come and work at gaming studio are like hardcore gamers. They love games, right? And that's what mm-hmm. they want to do. So they come and work there, right? Um, and, and, you know, game designers, they love the game that we make. Um, you know, artists love the style that we do. Uh, so that generally is the reason why they come and work with us. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, it's because it, it's really the product, right? They want to be yeah. part of the product. Yeah. yeah. I think there's overall loyalty in the game industry more than other industries in terms of people just, just want to stick around. The only the thing I would say is like I think it impacts the studios more if they embrace remote work. Like they yeah. would actually increase the pool of people they can recruit. Yeah, more more right. talent. So, yeah. yeah, so I, I see that as 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 a good thing. Like if you look at it that way. Okay. Uh, one of the last few questions <clears throat> I want to ask you guys: uh, the nine to five. Uh, philosophy has been around since the industrial revolution, right? So obviously that's been broken down. Uh, I agree with you, Jason, that I think for games, especially for, or any creative job is task driven more so than hourly. Um, but also that raises a question with the hourly people too, with the contractors. It is a very odd equation where, you know, we're not needing to do eight hours, um, I, I have, uh, as an example, I haven't heard too much of an issue where companies are running around it's like, well, if they haven't done eight hours today, um, maybe small semblance of that, but I would love to kind of hear you guys is either firsthand or through network experience. Like, has there been alarms about that particularly, or is it just one of those things that people are going with the flow and suddenly if you're not, unless it's for meetings, the nine to five doesn't matter anymore un- unless you just get your work done. Uh, you can go run or do take a break or walk your dog at any point, just get the work done. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do with your time. Yeah. For us, it's, it's definitely the work that's important. Um, I mean, even during our scrums and sprints, it's more about the feature and the progress of the feature within the sprint team as a whole, than what each individual 
is doing or you know what they did that day because that's not really important we're trying to push the product along right um so yeah yeah i mean i, I don't i don't think that's that important yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean yeah that wasn't important that was not important even when we were in the office right like if you're in the office you had to go to the doctor's appointment or you had to go walk a dog or you had to go to the gym and do a run or whatever in the middle of the work day yeah so what who cares Right. As, as long as as long as you get the as long as you get the work done. Right. Yeah. Even even when I was in an office, I used to take like half an hour of coffee breaks here. And yeah. There. I like everybody. You got to kill time in the office. Yeah. But you get I, I think at the same time, I have to acknowledge. Right. I, I think we, we around this table right here, we're pretty blessed with the places we work at where that is in the concern. But I know I've been at places where you basically have to get a doctor's note for everything that you do. And it is, you are being watched. So I, w- I wonder, at least, I want to love to kind of hear you guys' opinion. For our friends that are not as fortunate, where time was always kind of like, there's a hall, hallway monitor, uh, hallway yeah, monitor <laughs> all the time. Brent, I'm just going to say this, and like I'm sure those companies exist. I, I did work at one way when I first started in the industry where they literally were like, you have to be here at nine 30 in the morning every day. Yeah. You have yep. to be here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was there at 4.00 AM the night before. And I, and I came in like at 10 the next yeah. day. And the dude was like, what is this about you coming in late? And I'm like, bro, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, bro, like I was here at 4.00 AM. Like, right. So, and, and so like, I know those companies exist. Um, I, I, Pray that they don't exist much longer, and I don't want them to burn to the ground. And I'll just say that. <laughs> any, I want to, I'll say that without any reservations for saying that. I think those are terrible places to work. You should not be there. Yeah. Uh, if you are not a slave, screw that place. Right? And, and, right. and it's easy for me to say that in whatever privileged position I'm in. Um, but I was there. I was in a place that was terrible, and I looked for a new job. Like mm-hmm. straight up, like, like I was like, I need to get out of here. Right. So like I, I empathize. Um, but, but I, if, if that's still 50% of the industry or even 60% of the industry, like, like that's really, really bad. Yeah. It's just, it just should not be the case. Right. Yeah. I, I would love to, I would think that because of the pandemic and how we're shifted to work this way, that, that eliminated that part. Well, I mean, how how realistic is that? Well, I got to see you in Zoom meeting at nine thirty now. Like, how how <laughs> how exactly does a manager keep up with that in a digital workplace now? So, I think by default, it's killed. Uh, unless Jason, you think it's still remnants of that lurking in some of these companies? Because I, I'm I'm sure you've had that experience once. <laughs> I've had I it. Actually, haven't. I, I was very lucky. Um, yeah, you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I started, I started the, my uh, running the game industry at Relic and Relic has always been pretty relaxed about stuff like that. Um, uh, I, like, uh, yeah, definitely in situations like that, if I was there to like, even, even if it was there to like 11 PM um, <laughs> and I, you know, they would say, yeah, sleep in, come in whenever, you know, whatever, you know, they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't hassle me if I came in at 10 or even 11 the next day. Right. Um so yeah, I mean, I, I've been blessed. I, I've never experienced that, but I mean, I've I have heard stories, right? Um, you know, even like over like horrendous overtime stories at EA and stuff while I was working at Relic. It's just stuff that I've never experienced. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, you actually bring up a good point. Like uh, French, 
French culture was a big talking point up till uh, everyone's at home now. Does this kind of eliminate that factor of the industry? That's that bad mark on us. I mean, how exactly are pe- are we asking people to crunch? When be worse, dude. Is it worse, worse now? It's probably worse now. Man. Is it is it self driven or is it most like how how do people keep? Is it just overly yeah. tasked on on I, on stuff? I think it's self driven. I think people are generally working more because they're home. There's no commute, right? There's and nothing to do. Yeah. And then on top of that, with all the other things taking competing, like, you know, if you have kids at home and yeah. if you have whatever your situation is at home, uh, you probably, and you still need to get the game done. I'm sure people are working harder and crunching more like hundred percent sure. Oh, we'll love to kind of hear your thoughts too, Jason. Do you think that will be the new crunch culture in, in this, <laughs> in this type of world? Um, I don't know. Like, um, are, are we gonna have EA wives out of this? <laughs> like, He's like staying up at, too late. Even yeah. at Relic, I remember. You know, we did have overtime once in a while here and there for like a week. But then, you know, if there's overtime, there's always other time to make up for the overtime. Um, yeah. Where you know they give you extra days off and stuff like that, right? Um. So. Yeah, I don't know. Like for me, like I feel like I'm not working overtime right now um because we have to or i have to i'm just doing it because um my office is here and i <laughs> you know I, I just have stuff to do right yeah. um it, nobody's telling me to do it i don't have to do it yeah. i just like head right i think that's one one of the things that ray is saying is that we're it's so convenient now and we're naturally i don't know i, le- I think at least the senior and lead guys it, it's very easy for us to not turn that part off mm-hmm. it's like hey i didn't get to this earlier i guess i'll just do it now right. so i wonder if that i don't know is that like gonna be a like I, i'm teasing about eay is that gonna be an article by jason schreier later is that gonna be a thing or is it <laughs> what do you think like how bad would that get before it becomes a problem or is it just just one of those things that everyone's going along with because we literally can't go outside right now? I think that's a self control. It's like it's like being an alcoholic, right? It's like you know, if you can't, you got to find control. You got to find balance in your life, right? Um, yeah. yeah. I would I would say there's no there's no uh, fellow workers to guilt trip you into uh, staying at the office, right? <laughs> uh, so if you if you decide like, oh, I'm gonna stop working at six, like there's nobody looking at you crazy. Wondering why you stop. No pressure. Right? Yeah. So, um, but I, I, so I think most of it's going to just be self-imposed and, and we're, we're going to be slightly less productive and thus going to make up for it by working more. Yeah. Uh, one last question before we end this one. Uh, the, the show, the social aspect, right? Unlike Ray, I don't like zoom meeting all the time to talk about follow-ups and stuff and it doesn't have the same appeal of me talking to you uh getting coffee or or some water some snacks right um i haven't been able to kind of find that hole just yet uh in this pandemic i would love to kind of hear you guys how you guys navigate around to getting some kind of that feeling back of talking to your friends in an office um, I haven't heard any solutions 
I mean, I there 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 are some doing more beer Friday Zoom meetings, right? But it's it's another meeting. <laughs> it's like I don't know if I want to embrace that as being the solution uh, with more Zoom meetings. But I would love to kind of go around the table here to kind of hear what has worked, what you think is in the pipeline that can work, or is it just one of those things? Yeah, that's irreplaceable. So uh, yeah, I totally understand that. I feel the same way. I I, I think one of the things that um, you know I missed a lot and uh, I feel is missing is. Uh, with especially working remote international teams is culture. Um, you know, yeah. game studios are, uh, I, I don't know about EA Ubisoft. They're more of a um, assembly line, but uh, you know, places like Relic that are more of a smaller sort of studio, they have a distinct sense of culture within that mm-hmm. studio. Um, it makes it, and that's one of the reasons why the studio itself becomes very sticky. People don't like to leave uh, because they, they love where they work. Right. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, that is very hard to develop when everybody's spread apart. Yeah. Right? Um, so some of the things that we have talked about um, is uh, have like, because we're a game studio, you know, and people are passionate about games. Uh, you know, we have talked about like game nights and stuff like that. Um, you know, it happens a lot, you know, in game studios and that's sort of how you build these cultures. Um, at Relic, you know, they used to have a lot of like a Warhammer, um, painting and, you know, all that kind of stuff, uh, because Relic's pretty well known for things like that. For us, you know, I mean, we can have game nights over Zoom, right? Um, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, playing Among Us or, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, you know, any other sort of social games where you get to get to know who you're working with a bit better, but also, you know, sort of dive further into your craft and um, just sort of have that discussion with uh, other people in your studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what fun are you yeah. having, Ray? What are you doing for your team? Dude. <laughs> Like you, you said beer Fridays, man. It's it's beer every day, bro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> every day. Like that's pretty, yeah. No, that's pretty much yeah, that's pretty much what we did in a lot of, a lot of virtual happy hours. And I'm doing virtual happy hours for some friends outside of work as well. And and that's kind of keeping it interesting. Like and I but I do get get with you. There's some days where I'm like, you know what? I've been in I've been on Zoom all day. Yeah. I am not going to this happy hour. I'll see y'all later. Right. And then I just or I just do it on my phone or something and then go outside or something, do something else. Somewhere. Right. Yeah. So, so there is definitely zoom, zoom fatigue, but I haven't seen anything better than, than, than that for team bonding. Like I like the idea of games and, and things like that are just, you know, but most of what we're doing is yeah, getting the zoom and just, just shoot, shoot the shit. Right. Yeah. I think that is the one missing factor that, is leading a lot of people back to the office. Like what you said, Jason, the, the culture part, the, the best parts of the office have for me have always been not about the work because I get work done faster at home in isolation, like you said, right? But the office is the best for gathering a people. Uh, and in some cases, uh, ex- brainstorming ideas, right? Just any activities that revol- revolves around away from our desk, I love. And also, um, that, that is why I, I don't like open offices, right? So you can't, you can't, you can't focus if you actually had a office with a closed door at the office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I think for that reason alone, most companies, if they can already have a location, is going to use that space as a building that culture space. Um, 
And because since we've been through this almost a year now and not really, I haven't heard any great ideas aside from happy hours and playing some games here and there, but <laughs> still walking away kind of empty from it. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I interacted with my screen again. It's like my eyes. I would love to kind of see everybody's eye test after this because I know my <laughs> eyes have gone to shit. <laughs> but all I do is look at monitors now all day. Um, uh, but I think with you guys, I hope there seems to be a light at the end of the tunnel. And if anything, that that that, that hybrid approach is some version of this and that. Um, I guess my last question to you guys is, uh, what are the biggest changes if tomorrow comes and everybody has uh, permission to get back to the office? What is, what do you feel like the big percentage of the industry is going and how is that changing either creative output or, or everything? Like how, what has this pandemic taught us about how we work and how we should work? Um, just final thoughts. Uh, wh- why don't we go to you, Jason? Well, I think, um, you know, uh, companies in general have feared um, allowing people to work from home in general. And I think this pandemic has, and having people work from home have sort of, you know, basically taught management and, you know, a lot of people that, you know, it, it actually doesn't really affect that much in terms of workflow. In some cases, maybe it might improve. Um, and uh, you may be able to find talent for specific areas of work that you're looking for. Um, that's uh, e- much more sort of easily filled if you're looking for people remotely than, um, you know, just someone that can come into the office all the time. So I don't, you know, I, I believe remote work is here to stay. Um, I, I just, but I, at the same time, I believe there's huge advantages of having a shared space uh, where you can come in and sort of congregate and, you know, talk and socialize and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I'm really hoping personally, like the uh, industry develops in a way where they create space for both. Um, you know, they, they have that space where, you know, people can meet and they have that space. Uh, they, they also allow people to come kind of work from home. Like for us, um, you know, that sort of shared space is usually at like a restaurant or um, at a coffee shop where, you know, me and a bunch of our designers sort of get together and socialize. That's what we used to do before COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to sort of getting back to that uh, because that was really fun. Mm-hmm. So Ray, you still like being holed up in your office? What's your thing? <laughs> No, What's your deal? <laughs> I, I'm kind of with Jason. I'm kind of with Jason. I, I think I think what will happen is, yeah, I think a lot of the companies and the management and all of that have noticed, like, oh, the sky is not falling, mm-hmm. and it's not that big of a deal. Um, I think you probably will see more people doing partial weeks at home and partial weeks yeah. in the office. I, I think that would probably be the biggest change. I, I don't know if. I don't know if companies will go full on. You could be remote anywhere in the world, and and we'll mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll work with you. But but at the very least, I think uh, there's there would be some folks about be like, you know what? Like, I just want to stay at home for a couple of days a week. Right. So. Stay at home, quote unquote, actually in the Bahamas, right? So. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the biggest if, thing I've, it's, I learned from this episode. Yeah. If it's a couple of day, if it's a couple of days a week, it's really hard to be in the Bahamas. Uh, a couple yeah, days yeah. A week. Yeah, yeah. Unless, unless unless you do it like Friday and Monday, as so you. Can. Yeah, yeah. Well, every other week, yeah. Every I'm sick, dude. Uh, I can't yeah, make you fly, it. Fly to the Bahamas Thursday night, you know. There's something to that. I, I think uh, I'm, I'm jealous of the friends that actually took advantage of that and been spending the last six months somewhere in the mountains and, and just still doing work. Like, uh, yeah. Out of this pandemic, I that's the one thing. I mean, technically, I could still do it, but that's the one thing. Is like, I, I should have done that for a couple months and, mm-hmm. and and just see what that felt like. You know, breathing. Well, I mean, I was in Orange County, right? So all those wildfires were happening. You too, right? <laughs> it would have been nice to be away from all that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this past year. Well, the places I would have ran to were on fire. So, like oh, okay. <laughs> earlier, earlier, earlier yeah, last year. Places. <laughs> we got to stay where Jason is or in Vancouver. You guys seem to be just fine. Yeah. Uh, over everything. <laughs> This is like Canada was just showing how modeled country can behave during this pandemic. It's like, I wow. I wouldn't would, would go that far. I wouldn't would go that far because Toronto is, is going crazy. with the, Is it know. going crazy right now? Oh, my God. I need to keep up with the news. Oh, this past year is just to the last day. Just something was happening in the country. Yeah. But um, anyways, I, I want to thank you guys uh, both for, for coming on and giving your thoughts. I, I wanted this to be the first roundtable news topic because I do feel this is the first year. Finally, uh, a part of the year will be transitioning to what the next thing is. It could be more of the same thing, but, you know, people will have permission getting back in the office. And um it was great to kind of have you guys talk and, and share your experience and opinions uh, about what that could be. So thank you both for coming on uh, and everything. So uh, without further ado, uh, see you guys all next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you are liking the podcast, go to the Apple iTunes store and give Game Dev Unchained a five-star rating. This will help spread the joy and love and exposure for the podcast, and we thank you very much. If you want to continue the conversation, go to our Discord, which can be found on our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at BlueChamps, B-L-U-C-H-A-M-P-S. You want to catch these episodes live every Tuesdays and Thursdays, go to twitch.tv forward slash blue underscore champs. Email me any of your concerns or questions that you want me to read aloud at the beginning of each episode at info at gamedevunchained.com. And if you want to further support us and help unlock the next feature, which is the voicemail future, go to patreon.com forward slash blue champs this gives listeners a chance to kind of call in leave a message for both me and the guests to answer your deepest darkest questions and comment on your deepest darkest secrets thank you everybody